the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the second hour of the Stephen Tubbs Show. It is October 28th, 2022, and it's Matt Dunn on board, friend of Stephen Tubbs, and also the Sunday Backbone Radio host, 4 to 7 p.m., right around here at 710 KNUS. For many years, I've been hanging out there and packing a punch on Sundays. I'm a Colorado kid. Grew up not too far from where these studios are in the Denver Tech Center. And um, got four little kiddos, ages 18 months to 11 years old. And so, um, and I also practice dentistry all week long. And so, just a little background information. I, uh, I'm an extreme skier, was born on skis, and I'm always out there doing backcountry skiing or things like that, climbing mountains, 14ers, love to do the backcountry skiing, the huts, the 10th Mountain Hut Division, um, and um, do all kinds of, I'm a big believer in uh, athletic training and good posture and uh, weightlifting, um, not that uh, you could tell that I do any weightlifting, but I'm just saying I'm a believer in that, putting on as much muscle thickness and bone thickness as you can while you still can. Staying in shape, you know, just makes us, you know, ready. We're ready for action, ready for what we need to do and maintain as good as possible health as we can as the decades go by. <laughs> and you stop and look around and the decades are going by and the number here is 303-696-1971 and yeah i've uh, i've been noting that the democrats seem to be losing their confidence and some are saying well the democrats peaked too soon even the democrats are saying this oh we peaked early we shouldn't have peaked so soon because now oh the election is getting closer and now our polls are going down and i'll tell you what that means i'm an expert in decoding propaganda by the way that's that's one of my things And, um, you know, we're surrounded, we're blizzarded by propaganda from all electronic sources at all times. It's all around us, from our devices, from our screens, and we need to develop the skill set to not let it affect us, to not let it uh, get our daubers down, and we have to be able to see through everything they say. Anyway, but they're saying, well, we peaked too soon. What that is is the polling companies love to fluff up the polls to benefit the left and hurt the right. Benefit Democrats hurt Republicans um, when they safely, more safely can do it. The further away from the election you are, the more you can just write a poll, total fiction, whatever you want it to say. But then when you start getting into that last month or even that last three weeks or two weeks or one week, the polls always tighten because even some of those polling outfits realize that, man, if they come in and get it wrong by 20 points, as some of them have in the past, that they will lose a little credibility when they do that. So this peaking too soon thing just tells me that, uh, no, their, their polling was extra fictional um, back a couple of months ago, and uh, they're having to calibrate it with reality right now so as not 
to get too much um, too much loss of reputation when the election actually happens. But they're, they're losing their confidence. You can see their testiness. You can see the fear in their eyes, the people on the screen. They're, they're lamenting that abortion does not seem to be the salvation they thought it was going to be. The pocketbook issues are the top four issues. Throw crime in as fifth in the Harvard-Harris poll. And those are the top five issues are the issues that the Democrats have botched and screwed up and um, ruined this country on after we had that golden era under the proven leadership of, yes, Donald Trump, who uh, may do it again in 2024. We'll have to see what happens there. Um, I do want to get into some other issues as the hour goes on here. And this diesel shortage thing, that's, that's kind of a big thing. And I might get to that And the revival of coal, the cold winter Europe is facing. Let's let's talk about some of that. But get to the phone lines and whatever people have on their minds, 303-696-1971. Let's go in line here. And we've got uh, we've got Mick in Littleton. Mick, thank you for checking in. Hey, Matt. Hey, uh, I just was listening, and I heard that gentleman. He was talking about the judges and how to decide on the judges and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Well, I struggled with the same question. And, you know, and this is what I did, and, of course, it may not be fully fair across the board. But I looked up every judge and saw who appointed them. And thinking, and my thought process would be, you know, the governors would appoint judges that um, kind of meet their agenda, meet their mindset, you know? Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is, is every judge on that ballot has been either appointed by Polis, Hickenlooper, or Ritter. Yeah. And so that every, doesn't leave a whole lot of options other than to maybe yeah. be skeptical of each of those judges, yeah. huh? Yeah, that's that's kind of now. Like I said, I may being unfair to some of those judges, but I, I voted no to to not retain any one of those judges because I am skeptical of every single one of them, and I I, I hate to be that way, but I have to tell you this: the Democrats made me that way, you know, and with all their dirty games and all their dirty politics. Yep. It's it's the Democrats' fault, and well, you know, it seems and, to be rather justified, as yeah. uh, Stephen Tubbs always talks about Denver in decay. You know, yeah, you get Democrat is... rule in this blue state for long enough, and you look around, and someone like me grew up here in Colorado, spent my whole life here, with the exception of some sojourns in college and world travel and stuff and grad school. Um, yeah. it's not the same state, and it's uh, no. it's not as good as it used to be. In no, it's almost not. every I've, way I can think of. I've been here since 1973, and I've watched this change, and I don't like it. I just I don't feel comfortable here anymore. I don't like what I see. And I'm not the only person that feels that way, I'm sure. No, but, you are not. And I know a lot of people like you, Mick, who just check no, 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 no on all the judge boxes. So. I, I, I feel bad for that, but it's so hard to research their their voting record and really see if they're if they've tied themselves to some kind of political agenda, but I would have to think that Ritter, Hickenlooper, and Polis appointed those judges. The vast majority. You have to go all the way they, back to Bill yep. Owens for a Republican yep. governor in the state of yep. Colorado. And that's a long yep. time back. It's so long that's ago correct. that even I can remember it though. <laughs> yeah, I can I can yeah. remember it. 
But I just want everybody out there that's listening and that gentleman that brought up the judge question to know every every one of those judges have been appointed by a Democratic governor. And is who is all those judges have been appointed by one of three. And by the way, am Dick I remembering Lucas? this right? Did Mike Rosen, who I grew up listening to Mike Rosen on the radio as a kid, did he did he say just vote no on all the judges? I, I don't know if you I'm know, remembering that right, but somehow in the back of my mind, I think that's what he said. He I kind of. I kind of think I do kind of remember it, you know, but I hate being that way. I hate, I hate to have to group all those judges, you know. There might be some that are in there that are good, wholesome judges that that with, yep. withhold the Constitution. But you have to, it goes back to the Democrats made me so skeptical yep. of anything the Democrats do, and it's their own fault. And I apologize to any good judge that may get voted out but and that is the thing you know, that there are good ones out there and i even have family members of my own in other states who are judges and i know them to be a plus judges yeah. but uh yeah. but they're not in colorado so um yeah well, Mick, well anyway good sound set of points there as people puzzle over their ballots many have already gotten them in i'm sure some are waiting for the last moment i like to hand drop mine into a too. box somewhere. I don't like to mail it. I don't quite trust oh, that in every oh, way. Yeah. And I do okay. know that if you get your ballot in quickly, then the uh, political organizations don't have to track you down or waste energy on calling you to make sure you got your ballot in. But then on the other hand, if you worry about election integrity, then there might be some uh, people who would say, oh, we need to get this much of a shortfall filled in this area and this much in this area, and so they can compensate in those ways, if you know what I mean. But uh, let's keep talking to individuals. And um, Brad in Lakewood, Brad, glad you're on board here today. What's going on? Yeah, thank you. I, I did the same thing with the judges. We discovered that at a meeting the other day. Just type in who appointed the judge, and it comes up uh, Hickenlooper, Polis, or Ritter just vote no, but uh, have you heard the latest stunt by uh, Kevin McCarthy down in Texas? Uh, Kevin McCarthy doing a Texas stunt? Have not seen this? Yes, evidently Sheila Jackson Lee has been redistricted. She's in a much tougher district. The opponent is Car- Carmen Maria Montiel. And Kevin McCarthy refused to support her for the reason that she had a DUI one time. Well, Oh. That's not a that's not a very good reason to uh, go actively uh, refuse to support the nominee, and then when this is all on video, evidently uh, Carmen went in to talk to uh, Kevin McCarthy, and they show McCarthy sitting there at the desk. He refuses to get up to talk to her, and he had a one of his physical uh, one of his aides physically push Carmen out the door, and uh, in the old days McCarthy could get away with something like that with the three major networks. But now with cameras and the Internet, it, it's all over the Internet. So what, hmm. what's Kevin McCarthy thinking? I don't know. And I haven't heard that. And that's one thing, Brad. You are always bringing in information to the show that I have not somehow come across. And I am a, like a digger. I am a deep digger on the, uh, on the news and the propaganda. I have not seen that one. Yeah, one thing on McCarthy, real quick, that's interesting is that McCarthy is saying maybe Republicans in the House are not going to be going for more funding for this Ukraine boondoggle World War III scenario. And I thought, that is kind of interesting if he's actually sending those kinds of signals. Um, so uh, he's, he, sometimes he sends good signals, and he's a little bit, uh, he's such a political animal. I don't trust 
McCarthy. But uh, at least he sometimes sends signals that I think um, show that he has a little responsiveness to the sentiments of his voters. But you never get that from Mitch McConnell <laughs> unless it's like two weeks before he personally is up for an election. And um, so McConnell is, uh, to me, just a non-starter. We've got to get a different leader in the Senate. But McCarthy, I don't know. Um, but he's, he's at least somehow, uh, maybe he'll be the speaker. We'll see which way he goes. Well, McC- McConnell was censored by the Alaska Republican Party. Uh, Mark Levin was saying last week that McConnell could cost us three conservatives, Blake Masters, Bulldog, and Kelly Shabaka. So why is Mitch McConnell spending $9 million to attack Kelly Shabaka when he should be spending the money on Masters and Bulldog? And uh, right. that's why McC- now, McConnell was censored by the Alaska Republican Party. Just so we're clear on this Party. one, here's the game, Brad, that who's going to be taking control of the Senate? Um, I think we're going to get a majority Republican Senate, okay? And I think it'll be 52, 53. And if the red wave is high enough, we could get more. But is it going to be a rhino Senate or is it going to be a MAGA Senate? That is the question for all of the marbles. And uh, if it's a MAGA Senate, then it is senators who are responsive to the actual sentiments of the Republican voting base. If it's a rhino Senate, then it's going to be more of the same McConnell kind of stuff, which you will note, Brad has been largely supportive of the Biden initiatives about the Inflation Reduction Act and this, like, World War III in Ukraine, and go down the list. The rhinos are actually, I think, in big part to blame for the disasters that Biden has wreaked upon this country because they've never stood up to them, and they've actually kind of uniparty-like agreed with the general gist of the Biden direction for the country and for the economy and for the foreign policy. All right? Um... So Don Bolduck in New Hampshire, the polling data has it a dead heat. It is dead even in New Hampshire. Mitch McConnell is pulling funds away from Bolduck in New Hampshire when that is a winnable race. But Bolduck is a MAGA candidate. Blake Masters has just pulled even, maybe even one point ahead in Arizona. He is a splendid MAGA candidate. And Mitch McConnell is really screwing that guy down in Arizona. And because um, he doesn't, again, he doesn't want a MAGA Senate. He wants a Rhino McConnell Senate, right? And what you just mentioned about Kelly Shabaka in Alaska, same exact deal. The game is on to keep Murkowski in there. So the, these are, this, is, this is for all the marbles. The bigger picture of the Senate is uh, who runs it, right? MAGA or Rhino? That's the question. And Murkowski is a pro at stealing elections. Uh, are you familiar how she stole from Joe Miller in 2010? Um, who are you talking about again? Joe Miller. Uh, who, who's a pro at stealing elections? Lisa Murkowski. She oh, Murkowski. From, you said McCarthy. Okay, no, so Murkowski, no. yes. Yeah, and she stole from Joe Miller in 2010 because Miller had actually won the primary and he defeated her. And then the rules up in Alaska are quite strict. If you misspell the name, don't cross the T, don't, the I, don't uh, dot the I, they would uh, disqualify the signature. But Murkowski kept going to judges and getting the rules weakened, and then she was able to uh, wage a writing campaign, and that's how she stole from Joe Miller. And Joe Miller... Yep. It's establishment games, and what do they call it? Qualified voting, qualified ballots, or uh, calibrated? There's something they do in Alaska, which uh, I used to know about a couple of months ago for the primary, and uh, that is a big old mess, and it's kind of a way to stack the deck and rig it in favor of establishment-minded candidates. And that's why we're having these issues in Alaska. Yeah, and that's range. what got Sarah Palin in Alaska. 
Yeah, it's called ranked choice voting. Yes, there you go, ranked choice voting, which uh, just just watch. You're going to see a big push for that from the left, uh, from the Uniparty, to get that spread through more states as time goes on, and we should have no part of that, in my opinion. Well, Charlie Kirk is continually talks about the dangers of that. Did you see the debate between Fetterman and uh, Dr. Oz? <laughs> yes, Fetterman is like Frankenstein. Fetterman Frankenstein. Um, absolute disaster for the Democrats. And did you see how the media was spinning that afterwards? Before the debate, they were saying, no, he's cognitively fine. He has no damage from his stroke. He's doing great. He's perfectly capable of being a senator. But then after the many pratfalls and the nonsense, the inability to even speak during that debate, which Dr. Oz won handily, all of a sudden the media is saying that, uh, oh, yeah, we need more disabilities represented in the Senate. It's uh, what a courageous job this this disabled individual did in his debate. They flipped on a dime, Brad. Did you see that? Yes, and I was very impressed with Dr. Oz. I had no idea he was that good. Well, he's had a career in the media. You know, he's a physician. And I, I, I'm okay with uh, different medical people. As a dentist myself, being in politics, we've got a great dentist uh, who's a congressman in uh, Arizona, Dr. Gosar, who's a wonderful America First congressman down there. But um, Oz has had a career in the media. I mean, he's been in the national spotlight doing media spots for decades. And so he shines in those kind of, uh, in those kind of moments. Um, he, he doesn't have um, the, quite the track record that many conservatives would like to see. But his Trump endorsement, his stance on China, and a few other things strike me as uh, he, he's the guy for that job. Not that we're Pennsylvania voters, but uh, we wish him well. And did you see who's supporting uh, Shapiro for uh, governor in Pennsylvania? Carl Rove. Yeah, Carl Rove is spending money against MAGA Mastriano in Pennsylvania, which that's, that really is bothersome. Um, and see, behind the scenes, there is a war within the Republican Party, right, to make it a rhino party and not a MAGA party. Um, and unfortunately for the rhinos, in the uh, primaries across this country, in Republican primaries, uh, Trump-endorsed candidates just ran the table. I mean, that, that's where the voters are. That's where the voter sentiments are. And that's just the way it is. And people like Karl Rove and Paul Ryan and go down the list are not sitting well with that. Liz Cheney is doing her best to try to work against uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona. Don't know if you've seen that one, Brad, and well, a few yeah, others, a few other uh, Republican America First candidates. She's going against them with everything she's got, and I don't think Liz Cheney helps <laughs> any of these people, you know, but maybe she thinks she does. But apparently she's not uh, a team player, right? Neither is Karl Rove, apparently, huh, when it comes down to it? We're supposed to vote for the Republican, right? Yeah, I agree, and... I don't think the Democrats are too happy with Tulsi Gabbard right now because she's endorsed about four Republicans right now. Including Carrie Lake. Carrie Tulsi Lake, Gabbard endorsed Carrie Lake. And she abandoned the Democratic Party, again, heading into these midterms, contributing to the loss of confidence of the Democrats. And, of course, uh, Tulsi Gabbard is now a non-person on the left. I guess she has been for some time. But uh, for me, Tulsi Gabbard has her eye on the ball. She sees the most important stuff which is our unelected, unaccountable, deep state, administrative state, the agencies that um, unelected power running this country, getting us into wars, military-industrial complex. That's the big-picture stuff, which I think Tulsi Gabbard sees. And so I'm glad to see her showing some courage and, uh, you know, coming out, uh, leaving the Democrats behind in the dust and getting some big impact from it. <laughs> anyway, 
We're running a bit long, Brad, but uh, thank you for always bringing the great info to the programs. Stay close with us, and we'll be talking to you soon, I am sure, and keep up your great activism. I know you're the first guy to pick up the phone and call a politician's office and give them a mouthful, or at least leave them a message. I don't think someone will like it too much, but... uh, let's, Let's keep it going. Okay, check out that thing on uh, Carmen Maria Montiel and Kevin McCarthy if you get a chance. Okay, will do. All the best to you, Brad. It's Matt Dunn. I am in for Stefan Tubbs. So glad your ears are near a radio. So much exciting stuff to be talking about. Let's take a little break and come right back at it in a few minutes. There you go, a little Junior Brown bringing us back in. And Leroy, I threw that one in for you. I don't know if you even know who Junior Brown is. But how many years did you spend driving a big rig, driving a truck? Quite a few, huh? And somehow I can't, I can't hear your voice in my headset, and it's, it's, it's probably something that's going on with my headset. But um, Junior Brown has some of the best trucking songs you will ever hear. That he is a man. Right out of Texas. Used to be on the music faculty, I believe, at University of Missouri, Kansas City, which is kind of interesting. Where's that big 10-gallon hat? At any rate, yeah, more good music coming down the pike, maybe even from Jerry Lee. Jerry Lee Lewis. And, yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, Democrats losing their confidence. Yeah, here's Biden. They're lying about gas prices. He comes up there and he just lies about it. The most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from over $5 when I took office. Uh, Guess what? Um, He says it was $5 when he took office. Actually, it was $2.31 when he took office. Actually, probably a little less than $2.31 under the Trump era. So Biden, uh, I mean, is that misinformation? Should the feds go at the FBI is supposedly going after people who are producing misinformation heading into the midterm elections? And that is misinformation right there. Just so you hear it one more time. The most common price of gas in America is three dollars and thirty nine cents down from over five dollars when I took office. Yeah. Anyway, just so we are clear on that. Um, what about. More aspects of the Democrats losing their confidence. And I've talked a bit about, you know, the abortion issue is just not adding up uh, in the polls that the Democrats are seeing. And I bet you it's even a bigger disaster in their internal polls, the ones that they don't release. But Lisa Booth over at Fox News captures a lot of this sentiment right here. The red wave has always been here. The fundamentals have always been here for a red tsunami, mainly looking at inflation, right? You've got a 40-year high for inflation, record gas prices, and then you just have the historical norms of the president's party losing an average of 29 seats in the first midterm election, not only to add a president under 40% in the approval ratings, yet the media and some pollsters in the left try to tell us that somehow abortion, a non-consequential issue, would trump the financial woes and the pain that so many Americans across the country have been facing. I think I said on your show here is that Democrats back in July, that Democrats would rue the day that they spent tens of millions of dollars to get more conservative candidates elected in those primaries because the tidal wave is coming. I've said it and I will be proven right on November 8th. I remember there is that sense in the air again that a red wave is building. It is building. You just sense it. And so I would just hope Folks listening would just have more determination and more confidence and just more good feeling 
when they hand in their ballot, uh, hand it in a person or put it in the mail, whatever you personally choose to do, that you need to feel that just sort of good feeling about it. And, of course, Colorado, it's a little harder to do. But one thing I will say is the Democrats are sweating. They are sweating it. And money is coming in to this state to try to protect the people on top. Uh, Somebody sent me a text to studio that um, Jared Polis has put in another $10 million of his own money. I haven't seen that. I haven't like verified that with like a trusted propaganda news source. But um, is that true? Interesting. And it does seem like uh, O'Day is in play. The money is coming in there. We got some potential. We have potential. And Coloradans are restless. They're seeing all the things go wrong. And another interesting thing before I go to the phone lines... 303-696-1971, is that Joe Biden is not campaigning out there on the trail. He, he's like, peep, the Democrats know that he's like a liability. He's a drag. He brings them down. And so um, what he's doing is like these little Zoom things, these little Zoom uh, conferences, little brief ones, like so he can stay awake long enough, maybe. President Biden hosted short 30-minute long virtual receptions for midterm candidates in Pennsylvania, Iowa, and Nevada last night. So as we run out of time for the president to get involved and help Democrats more, he is not barnstorming, he is Zooming. Back to you. (laughs) Who's Zooming who? Yeah, they don't want him. Uh, Apparently, has Biden come to Colorado? I remember Biden came to Colorado when we had that fire up in Boulder County. And you could just kind of tell that the Democrat politicians did not really want him there. They said, oh, they didn't want to stand too close. They didn't want to have like the big warm embraces. It wasn't like a feel-good moment for the local Democrat politicians. And I just contrast that with, with Donald Trump's performance heading into the election. He's barnstorming the country. Donald Trump, not president, right? Banned from Twitter. That's about to change. But Donald Trump is going to be holding rallies in Iowa, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. So Republicans want Trump there. They want Trump. They say, oh, Trump, can you come out here? Help me out. Because he is rocket fuel for any Republican campaign. And that's just the that's reality. That's the reality on the ground. Sometimes you don't get that perspective when you listen to commentators and talkers or tune into the media. But that is the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Now, um, let's be saying hello to, uh, let's see, Gary in Bailey. And Gary, welcome to the program. Thanks for checking in. Hi, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a lot more calm than I was when I talked to you uh, Sunday night. Okay, yeah, over uh, on I, Backbone. Yeah, I remember your voice. Yeah, I just wanted to say a little story here. When In, in 15, the primaries, my guy was Ben Carson. I didn't get him. Uh Trump was basically an unknown quantity to me, but one thing I knew for certain, he was not Hillary Clinton. Yep. And I find myself in kind of a similar situation to with Joe. I mean, I, I listen to the people. I know there's a lot of passion, especially about his abortion stance, but he's he's still a lot better than Bennett. Uh, yeah, Jenna Ellis uh, just really laid it out. Um, I don't think I'll play that here today, but uh, Jenna Ellis is got, having some issues on the abortion issue. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the deal is, I I wanted Deborah Floor to be in, and I didn't get her. Ah, the great Deborah Floor. I, I was just yeah. talking to her not a little bit ago, right here in the studio. Yeah. But the deal is, Joe is kind of uh, uh, kind of.
kind of an unknown. But he does own a business. He knows how to make a payroll. And he is not Michael Bennett. He's not. He's not Michael He's Bennett not. and Joe Biden, who you just played a clip from. Right. You know, I mean, you, you know, we got to stick together. We just got to stick together, you know. And I know a lot of people don't want to vote for him, but not to vote for, uh, not to vote at all, or third party, like I said Sunday. It's just, it's a vote for Bennett and Biden. Right. And I guess the way I saw that, everybody has to make their own call on that. And I think uh, Joe I O'Day, know. like in his CNN interview, I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he handled the CNN interview quite well. Um, there, there was the misstep on his characterization of Trump and all that, and uh, I decided I wouldn't be delving into that here today. I won't be going there. I do think that was a that was a misstep. That was not helping, and this maybe making it harder for some people. Um, but you know, um, he's definitely not Bennett. I mean, that is a right. fact. And uh, so and, and Bennett, you know, you'd have to say, is, a, is you know just a, a straight up disaster of a senator. And he's not yeah. taking America or this state in the right direction. And every data point backs that up. We yeah. got to have some change. So, yeah. Well, I yeah. voted against Hillary, and I was more than pleasantly surprised. And I voted against Bennett. Well, I voted for Joe O'Day, but <laughs> I was talking to a libertarian uh, family member, and he seems to be making some progress among the unaffiliates. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. And Gary, you're out in Bailey, Colorado. Yeah, Bailey, yeah, okay. Colorado. What is that, about 7,500 feet? Almost 8,000? Uh, your... Well, Bailey proper is 7,700 feet. Yeah, hey, not bad off the cuff. Yeah, I, I, I love driving driving that road, uh, Bailey to Fairplay, and then on up to the hills from there. Fairplay's up over 10,000. But, yeah. uh, hey, honored out in Bailey, you'd be tuning in here to some America First radio at 710 KNUS. And, and good points, very good points and helpful to the conversation so stay close with us, Gary. Keep keep in touch with us, if you would, from up on high at 7,700. Get ready for more snow. Had the first snow this week, by the way. That's exciting. And Arapaho yeah. Basin is open. So the first ski area is open yeah. this year. And, oh, I'm just I'm, I'm kind of giddy with excitement in spite of it all. But, Gary, thank you, sir. All the best. And uh, let's keep on chatting a bit. And uh, Holly in Aurora. Holly, glad you are here. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Yeah, nice to hear you, Matt. I'm hey, glad you're you. here tonight. Yes. Um, I my my phone is acting a little strange, so I'm not sure you can hear me real good. But no, it's real. It's um, coming in clear as a bell. You're all set. Com- yes. Is it good? Okay, good. Um, anyway, uh, today I got to hear this Doug Manatowski Ma- Mastri- or something Mastriano. like that. Mastriano. Yeah, Mastriano. Yeah. I knew it was a. I knew it was an Italian name, but I just couldn't. I didn't remember what it was. But um, anyway, he was really good. He he had a lot of good things to say. And uh, gosh, if he could win in Pennsylvania, and it looks like he's doing pretty well. So um, the people that were interviewing him were were saying that um, they they had had been hearing a lot of good things, and so they wanted to bring him back on to the station and stuff. And so they did. And I thought he sounded really good too. So you know, Mastriano actually cool. Uh, we were just talking to caller Brad earlier that Carl Rove, mm-hmm. in his weasel mm-hmm. weasel ways, is spending money mm-hmm. against Mastriano in Pennsylvania, and that to me is just outrageous. Mm-hmm. And um, again, Carl Rove, yeah. I uh, you know his he, he is just not helping. He still has that Wall Street Journal column. 
And in my opinion, um, he's just a guy who uh, doesn't need to be on the scene anymore because he just seems to do damage. Mastriano, again, yeah. he's, he's, he's MAGA, he's America first, and he's uh, had a long career in the United States Army, I guess from 88 to 2017. Um, he got up to the rank of colonel. And I remember, um, you know, I used to play a lot of Mastriano clips back in the day when he'd get on this or that issue because he sounds so, he's so articulate, so clear, and he's got such a backbone, if yes. I may say. And um, yes. that's, again, that's the battle. Um, why would a rove be militating against um, a stalwart, solid patriot like Mastriano? That, that's, that's, that's the bigger picture yeah. that people like Rove and McConnell are involved in right now. Yep. Unfortunately. And I think it's just because it, it, I think they want to go along or, you know, go along to get along. And so they don't really mind what's happening to our country, but the grassroots do. We mind a whole bunch. Well, we're the ones that, to our you know, country. we go to the grocery store yeah. and what used to be $5 for four sticks of butter is now 11 12 for four sticks of butter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just the yeah. normal people who feel that. But the, uh, you know, the elite, the rich and the powerful and all that, the consultant mm-hmm. class, uh, you know, they, they do not. They, they are not attached to that, and they haven't been for a long time. So it doesn't even, like, well, and it does, register with them. It, does, it doesn't take long. It, you know, when you pay that kind of price for butter, people go to margarine, or they do whatever they have to do because they have to. Yep. And it doesn't take very long. And then we don't have businesses and we don't have people being employed. And in no time at all, we're like, you know, South America. We're a bunch of people who have no jobs, who have nothing, you know, no lifestyle, no nothing. And a handful of people running, running the show. And that is not what we want. No, it's not what that we want. And I, I want. think, you know, you just sense that the, the people on top are nervous about now. I, I'm picking up on it big time. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think, and I'll hit this in the next hour, that they had these plans on how they were going to run the country. And um, yeah. tell you what, you know, Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody has a plan until uh, they get punched in the nose. And I think reality is, <laughs> exactly. is not being too kind to the stratagems of the, the, the Democrats, the left, the Build Back Better crowd, the World Economic Forum crowd, the mm-hmm. globalists. And, uh, I mean, energy, first and foremost, the rampant inflation, go down the list of the troubles that these people are having with their plan, <laughs> and the people just aren't liking it. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Well, Holly. And my thought, to, my thought too, is um, on people who still have their ballots and they are waiting until um, uh, election day to take it in, and I think that's fine. I think that's great. I went ahead and mailed mine because I, I kind of need to do that. Sure. But, um but at the same time, I'm, I'm thinking for plan B, just in case, just in case the stupid Democrats have something up their sleeve for this midterm election, everybody get a copy of your ballot, just your ballot, not, not anything else, and just a regular plain copy paper paper, and just get a copy of your ballot that you filled out beforehand, And so that you have it, so that you can show the people that you voted for that you voted for them. A souvenir of sorts. Yeah. 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 Well, just in in case the Democrats got something going on up their sleeve, because I I just don't know how 
It's just it's legitimate to have concerns about election integrity. It's just a normal mainstream yeah, opinion. Yeah. And oh, by and the that way, was you're the other even, thing that yeah, does... real quick. You're, but you're seeing Democrats now talking about their concerns about election integrity because they, they start to exactly. see that they're headed for what looks like to be a red wave, big loss for the Democrats. And you're seeing uh, what's your name, Wallace, uh, on MSNBC saying, "Oh gosh, you know, oh our, I don't trust our elections now." And Hillary Clinton is already coming out saying that. Oh, the extreme right wing has a plan to steal the next presidential. You know, see, you see how that flips? Yeah. It used to be that, you know, yeah. you're not allowed to talk about election integrity after 2020. But then now they're already doing it on the on the left. Yeah. I, I won't. Yeah. I don't think I'll play. And those you know, clips, but. before my before my mom died, she was very politically active and stuff. And um she always said, you know, I know that it bothers us to to see what the Democrats are doing. But she said, but eventually they're going to see that it's going to get them in the butt, too, if they don't, you know, straighten up and fly right. Well, it won't and, happen to the leaders. But that's not but true. It'll happen that's to the Democratic true. voters. See, some of the voters yeah. will eventually snap out of it. They'll realize what they're paying and how their life is going in the wrong direction and yeah. um, that's going to that's gonna affect some of them, at least the ones that are not so propagandized by their screens, that they do have the ability to snap out of it just enough. Anyway, yeah. Holly, we're yeah. running along, but Holly, great to hear okay. from you. Okay, nice to talk to you. Yep, you stay you groovy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. it's uh, Matt Dunn. It's, back, uh, it's not Backbone Radio. It is the Stefan Tubbs Show, and I am really honored to be in here just uh, sharing the good word and whatever pops into my head, and sometimes it's uh, worthwhile. Anyway, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. There we go. That's the Beatles anthology version of And Your Bird Can Sing with the laugh track in there. Somehow the the Fab Four, they thought things were funny then, and I think it's kind of a good time to laugh. And Your Bird Can Sing, because the bird is freed. We're definitely celebrating Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, the potential for increased free speech. In this country, and uh, will they bring back uh, Donald Trump's account at Real Donald Trump? Will they bring back the Babylon Bee? The Babylon Bee is uh, one of the best Twitter feeds, was until they got permabanned <laughs> and they got thrown in Twitter jail. Yeah, um, and they're just a Christian uh, outfit that uh, would make these hilarious jokes and satire pieces and kind of some hostility. Um, against uh, just the heartland Christianity from the people that used to be on top of Twitter. And, uh, yeah, Parag, Agrawal, Vijaya Gade, they're all fired. They're gone. So it's like uh, no more of them around. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for coming. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Bing. Bing. Bye-bye. Yep, yep. Out the door. And, by the way, on this, um, did you see... Moving over to Facebook or what's called Meta now. It's Meta. Zuckerberg, did you see that he has lost $100 billion over the past year? Wow. Zuckerberg, he uh, got out of Facebook or at least transferred the name and the branding and all that to Meta. And he has proceeded to lose $100 billion. And apparently that is the biggest wealth loss by one human person in history. <laughs> I don't know, Leroy, you ever lost $100 billion before? As I, I haven't either. Um, but wait a minute. It's a, by a person. Is, is Zuckerberg a human? 
isn't he some kind of like a droid of some kind? He do, he doesn't seem human. Like if you ever see him interviewed or see him talk, he just doesn't quite seem to have like uh, like normal human characteristics. That, that's I guess that's just my opinion. Um, I'm probably wrong in that. He probably is an actual human, but he he did lose a hundred billion dollars. So somehow this meta thing is just not seeming to work out very well. And uh, remember, Zuckerberg spent $419 million of his own money on the 2020 election, as detailed in Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged. And uh, yeah, yeah, the oligarchs, the billionaires, throwing their money into the election cycle. And uh, I don't know, if Zuckerberg keeps losing a few more hundred billion, I think he's only down to $44 billion. That's all he has left. But if he keeps losing that much, then maybe he won't be spending $419 million in the next election or even this election. Maybe he'll you know, be feeling, I don't know, when you go from $144 billion to $100 billion, don't you start to feel a little bit uh, meager? Don't you start to feel just a little bit hungry when you're playing at that level? And maybe he just won't want to part with as much, you know, to just play around uh, with... Uh, as Molly Hemingway says, rigging the political uh, situation at any rate uh, on that. But by the way, I was mentioning the Babylon Bee. And by the way, it's Matt Dunn in for Stefan Tubbs. I should probably be mentioning that more. I host Backbone Radio on Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m. And here we are Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. Honored to be filling in for great host, friend, Stefan Tubbs, who, uh, yeah, sorry about the Padres. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, Josh Hawley who is a very fine senator, seems to be kind of in the America First category from Missouri, he talks about the general attitude of the uh, people on top in America, and I think think he captures it right here when he talks about how the people on top just do not like the heartland of this country, and they do not like the Christian heartland in particular. Let's let's hear Josh Hawley say it. You know, you would think, Tucker, but you would also think that it wouldn't make a lot of sense to shut down this nation's principal source or one of its principal sources of wealth, of jobs. And I think what's really going on here with the Biden administration is this is a religion to them. The climate agenda is a religion to them. And the religion is that America is fundamentally bad and that the American way of life, particularly American workers and middle class families, that the way that they live is bad and that it needs to change. They don't like people driving around in cars. They don't like the suburbs. They don't like all the energy we use. Why? Because they don't like how we live. They want to change how we live. So the real targets of their war are the American people and the American middle class and working class. And I have to say, if that's their goal, it is succeeding because they are crippling this country. And I think that's why you're going to see voters in a couple of weeks say no more. Yeah, no more. And I just heartily endorse that. It is time to say no more. And don't you feel that? Don't you sense that the uh, the tone that the media has used against just the normal American people, that condescending, patronizing, even outright hostile tone used by the media against their fellow citizens out here in the heartland? Yeah, I think it's starting to dawn on people. I, I do. I think it's starting to wake some people up. And I do think. The folks on top are having a little bit of loss of confidence. <laughs> You're even seeing the propaganda be diluted a little bit, but I uh, believe they'll they won't give up until the last possible. But they'll, they'll find something to they'll find some stunts. Be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.